Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. Welcome to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. I'm Jake, and I am here uh, with Adam, and Adam is here with Parker. Uh, Parker's upstairs. You can probably hear him. He's currently screaming. He's with us. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. We can't really get away from him. Well, <laughs> Jake can, but not oh, so yeah. much me. I can just go home. Yeah. But Adam goes home, and then it's there. Yeah. <laughs> I am home right now. Yeah. And it is there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, then he... Trade-off is he's passing on his genes, you know. I guess some people are into that, question yeah, mark? Yeah, right. Am it's, I into that? It's kind of the... Am. It's the biological purpose of us existing, right? I mean, not necessarily spiritual. I don't know that you can say that. Spiritual or existential purposes aside, it's the it's the biological drive that brought you here. Yeah, I I do have a biological drive to do that. I wouldn't hey, say that's the PG-13. biological drive. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Wait, this podcast is PG thirteen. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know that reminds me. So today, uh, so we report we record these podcasts on Monday nights. Yeah, and uh, tonight is a Monday night. It is, and uh, you know the episodes get published usually on Tuesday nights. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, it won't be Monday anymore, most likely, or it won't be the same Monday we're recording it. Yeah, I mean, you know, time zones vary. It might be like twenty forty seven where you are right now. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. I mean, we got daylight savings time coming up soon, so that's really going to mess with things. Yeah. Let me know who's pregnant. Or president. <laughs> president and pregnant. Maybe um, we'll have our first pregnant president. That would be interesting. What would you do if the president got pregnant? What would... There's a whole protocol. Is there really? Yeah, there's like second in command, third, fourth, fifth, all the way down. Well, no, I mean, does, the, does that mean the president steps down if she gets pregnant? Or the, does she keep being president? The protocol is if you're, like, incapacitated, then the second-in-command goes. So, Are we like, calling if you're in the hospital... incapacitated. Not though. pregnant, but giving birth. Maybe at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. In huh. labor, probably incapacitated. But not, really not just being pregnant. Huh. Yeah. I kind of want to have a woman president just so we can flesh that out. Yeah, we need, well, not we need, just for that. We need this... more than a woman president to... Well, necessary, but not sufficient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, so. but anyway, Monday, uh, right now, is uh, is a special day, because today is Jake's birthday. Yeah. And I feel like I need some kind of a noisemaker or a party wi- party whistle or something, and I don't have one right here, so all I'm going to say is happy f***ing birthday, Jake. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. And if you... Uh, that's true. If you cut me open today... Uh, and you cut me open yesterday, and you compared the number of rings, I would have one more ring today than if you had cut me open yesterday. Yeah. If, actually, if you have slices from both days, you'll notice there's another ring because yeah. I'm a year older. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. In honor of this occasion, I've made some cookies for Jake. I know, and, yeah. Uh, he's going to try them on stream. I'm excited uh, to try these. Here, hold, hold them up to, hold up to the webcam. Uh, it's a, it's a Funfetti cookie. That's what Adam called it. You take Funfetti cake mix and you, you alter it a little bit to make cookies out of it. And it's amazing. So, yeah, go ahead. Mmm. It's good. It's... It's Funfetti. It's f***ing delicious. F***ing delicious. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, uh, Jake is. Uh, yeah, all right, good. Jake's nomin on that, and uh, I figure now might be a good time to uh, to go over a couple of announcements. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is, uh, if you're a video listener, we're going to try something a little different. We're just going to have the webcam in the bottom corner of the screen because someone told us we should try that. Yeah. So we're going to try our best to not pick our nose and eat our boogers and eat each other's boogers in the middle of the episode. But It's uh, going to be no a promises. Step. Yeah. yeah. So also, uh, I wanted to announce that the next episode uh, we, that we do is going to be a mini-sode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're actually going to get together on Monday, and we're actually going to record an episode, but uh, we're not going to be able to publish that for a while, because that episode will be about... The upcoming Dominion expansion. Uh, is the title spoiled? I just need to be careful. It, if you say something spoiled, I'll bleep it out, don't worry. Uh, Go Dominion... Nice. F- no, Renaissance. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so Dominion Renaissance, the upcoming expansion, and Adam and I were both uh, very active in the playtesting process, so we uh, are going to record our sort of impressions of all the cards, but the creator of the game requests that people who are involved in playtesting not be too vocal about their opinions about the cards, because they, they don't want people who have had more experience to like influence public thought about them people need to have that discovery phase that we got to have because we saw them before they were real yeah so uh we will be recording it next week but you're not gonna hear it for a while and i mean recording one podcast a week is sort of uh difficult enough for me to do right now so uh we're not i'm not gonna attempt to do two of them we've got a ton of minisodes uh, we could do another Wandering Winter minisode. We could do another yeah. minisode that the two of us have done. I haven't even decided what's going to happen next. Yeah, we've got anything. We've got a backlog of content. We could just vomit into your baby little bird beaks. <laughs> yeah, we have like ten minisodes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you have a preference, you know, uh, let me know. Yeah. If you can guess what one of our minisodes about, we'll uh, email it to you privately. We, we could actually do that. That sounds reasonable. Were yeah, you actually, sarcastic? No, I mean, why not? Yeah, sure. If you it's can guess, if you can guess what one of our uh, minisodes is, we'll send it to you, and you can listen to it before anyone else. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, good raffle. Watch, we like didn't foresee something. We regret this horribly going forward. No, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. Yeah, great. Uh, so, uh, so last time uh, we yeah. did an episode of Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Yes, on Menage a Trois. Yeah, on which is the uh, French menagerie. version of menagerie. Yep, that's definitely what that is. Yes, and uh, we talked about a kingdom at the end of that episode, and now we're going to talk about that same kingdom again. Yeah, I think we should uh, read which cards are in the kingdom, but I think we should do it backwards. I'm just going to read them forwards. How about that? Okay, okay. Uh, we'll we'll split the difference. Yeah, yeah. So we had Overlord, Develop, Ghost Town. Menagerie, Swindler, Workshop, Ironworks, Militia, Courtier, Ghost Ship, we had Pilgrimage, and Orchard. Once more for our audio-only listeners, Overlord, Develop, Ghost Town, Menagerie, Swindler, Workshop, Ironworks, Militia, Courtier, Ghost Ship, and we had Pilgrimage, and Orchard. Yeah. This was quite the kingdom. Again, the episode was about menagerie, so we 
uh, you know, talked wanted to focus a lot on Menagerie's role in the kingdom, and it was really good. It was an important card. Yeah, I gotta tell you, this is one of my favorite podcast kingdoms we've had since I can remember. It was pretty interesting. It had some it had some interesting dynamics to it, and the the contentious part of the kingdom was Swindler, right? Like we got some comments that. Hey, I don't think Swindler is very good for these kingdoms because it makes it hard to talk about because Swindler is such a, a swingy, random card. I hard disagree with that. Okay, I'm going to hard disagree with that for this kingdom. And, you know, we can argue about whether or not Swindler should be in these kingdoms, period. And, you know, that could go either way. But here it was, it was interesting. It was pretty tame as far as Swindler tends to go. It's true. Swindler's always good. I think you get it and you play it, and you know because it's good. But at the same time, it—I uh, don't think it was this dominant force that, like, oh, Swindler luck is going to determine the outcome of this game, which th- it didn't. Those games do exist, right? Like, there are definitely games where Swindler's out, and whose Swindlers hit what has pretty much the deciding factor on who wins the game. Sure, but you can say that about any card. Like, sure. Swind- Swindler's a Dominion card. Any attack, especially. Yeah. Any card. Yeah. You can say that about Silver. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's true. Like, Dominion is a game where you shuffle cards, there's high luck, and I feel like this game was very Dominion, and Swindler was just the the cherry on top of that Dominion Sunday. Yeah, so Swindler did a lot of things that feel bad to you when they happen, but maybe feel worse than they are. Like, turning Copper into Curse usually sucks because you lose some of your early game econ, and now you have a Curse in your deck, and, you know, that has varying impacts. But here, you didn't really care too much, and in fact, sometimes you were more okay with having the Curse than having the Copper. There are many times where I had a choice between developing a Copper and developing a Curse, and I chose to develop the copper. Because you have more coppers than curses in your deck, and it helps your menageries draw cards. Yes. Yeah, so it. it was weird, because you have another uh, dominant force on the board, I think, was Overlord. I mean, Overlord's a good card. If you want to know more about Overlord, uh, you can check out our Overlord episode. Yeah, and I think like no matter what your open was, unless you couldn't do this, you opened Develop Overlord. So I do like that as the best opening, or well, as my favorite opening. I think it's pretty good. On a 2-5 or a 5-2, you may have a little bit of sadness and maybe do something slightly different. I think on a 5-2, you still do it, and you're especially sad. And then on a 2-5, you're crying because you can't do it. I think it's that much better than the other things you could be doing. So on a 2-5, you definitely just get an Overlord, turn Mm -hmm. one, and you're sad. On a 5-2, you might just do that i'm not positive yeah uh, it's I got a still five, not great i got a five two once i opened developed turn one turn two was an overlord and i had a bunch of debt yeah it's not the best thing ever but uh yeah know, you gotta do what you gotta do and then on a three four or four three you do that because i think those are the best two cards to have in your deck at the beginning of the game yeah so i think uh the last time i wanted to open with an ironworks and the more i thought about it the more i played it just the overlord just seems a lot better because you you just and it's exactly what jake said you get that upside of potentially having those two develops in your deck yeah effectively two develops because if the overlord and a develop find themselves in different hands like you get overlord turn three and then develop turn four yeah then uh, you can have a pretty good time 
And then if they don't, well, it, that's fine. You just play the Overlord as a non-terminal option. Probably the Ironworks to gain a Menagerie or a Swindler or whatever. Yeah, I would normally do Ironworks to gain a Menagerie. Yeah, I mean, so like you want to get that Swindler in your deck early on too. Yeah, uh, but I then like again, terminal develop. terminal space is super tight. Yeah, so Ghost Town is really important because it's the only village, right? And uh, you got to yeah. get him, and you got to get him early. And the, the problem. Welcome to Making Luck, a power outage podcast. My name is Adam, and this is Jake. Hi, Jake. Is your nose bleeding? Uh... No. Anyway, so uh, yeah. <laughs> hi. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I got it. We're it's, back. That's an so... appropriate time of year. Uh, we were recording, and uh, we had a power outage. Yeah. And uh, we kind of lost our train of thought. We just listened to what the software managed to recover. But, uh, yeah, I think Ghost Town is pretty good. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not village. It's not pretty good, but you do it here. It's like, it's not what pretty mean? good. It's great. No, it's, it's great because it's the option that you have for it. Because this is a board that really, really wants to have a village. Because the tricks with Menagerie to draw... And gain and play stuff with playing overlords as courtiers. It's all great. And, uh, you know, you, at a certain point you want to be playing a develop and a swindler in the same turn. Yeah? Uh, but the ghost town is the worst possible village to enable men. That's not even true. That's just... That's not true. The worst possible village? To enable menagerie? Cursed village says hi. Yes. Yes. Cursed village with menagerie. I mean, that's probably not that much. I understand you can get the cursed villages out of your hand to activate menageries, but like, I don't care, man. Like, ghost town. Ghost town's great. It's not great, but it's acceptable. See, I'm not building a deck that has just one of absolutely everything. In that's it. true, but you, man, I had so many times where. I started my hand with my turn with two ghost towns in in hand, and I was like, "Well, this is just gonna suck." Yeah, that feels really bad. <laughs> um, so, like, menagerie is great, and the other thing is like the ghost towns increase your starting hand size, which is normally great unless you're trying to draw with menagerie because you draw that extra copper and you're sad. So, I think menagerie is good here, but menagerie is like your main source of draw, the bread and butter of what you're doing, the the biggest source of draw in your deck. Yeah. I don't think that's what you want to build around. I think sure. you want to put menageries in that because they're going to trigger a lot of the time and you can do some dances to make them trigger a lot of the time. But yeah, eventually you're going to put more than one ghost town in your more than two ghost towns in your deck so you have more than one that you're going to play on a turn and you're going to have some sad menages and that's that's fine. That's actually a really good point I think because the key to understanding I think the successful way you build on this kingdom is identifying which card is actually helping you win the game, and wh which card you're playing a bunch of that actually wins you the game. And I think the answer, by the time your deck is done, by the time silver, it, yeah. by the time your deck looks the way you want it to look, <laughs> is not silver. It's courtier. Silver. I think, yeah. Yeah. No, I think the person who plays more courtiers um, is no. Let me. Let me. Sorry. Let me. The person who is to the point where they're playing their courtiers productively to get two options the person who has is in the situation where it's time to play courtiers fastest and plays more courtiers is the person who's ahead and the person who's eventually going to win the person who is doing better will win the game i'll give you that yeah and that and doing better means you get to the you're point where you're more action cards, playing yeah. more courtiers because you've drawn your deck with menagerie and you're gaining gold and drawing card. it yeah. and buy coins etc yeah yeah 
So, yeah, and I mean, that was the card you play around. It wasn't really one of the attacks. The militia, the the attacks can sometimes fill that role, but they didn't here. Uh, the militia in the ghost town really just served to make sure that your opponent's menageries went off. That doesn't mean you don't do them, but, you know, it's the, the attack doesn't really hurt. Um, so the card that you build around playing every turn and playing as much of as you can every turn is Courtier, and usually Overlord as Courtier. Okay, that's a that's a weird way of putting it, but sure, I guess. I I felt like just building the thematic deck of Ghost Town and Ghost Ship uh, <laughs> together was really good, especially because we're so close to Halloween. This is true, yeah. Actually, so Ghost Ship you have to play sometimes to draw cards, because Menagerie is a good source of draw, but occasionally you're not going to draw everything with the Menagerie, so uh, you use Ghost Ships as a little bit of mid-turn draw. And... It's kind of weird because you usually want to play a Swindler that's in your hand, too. So you play the Ghost Ship, and then you have set up your opponent to get to trash whatever they want with the Swindlers. So it gets kind of weird. You you can very easily accidentally help your opponent if you don't play your Swindler before your Ghost Town. Yeah, rip a Rooney. Yeah, it happened to both of us. There's there's like, a lot of... A couple of times each. <laughs> this is a really thinky board. Like, there's just a lot of... Things you can do in your turn that are really yeah. crunchy. So I would recommend watching like uh, the videos that we're going to publish along with this. Yeah. Uh, I played a few games with Wandering Winder, uh, and then after that, I played a few games with Jake. There's videos of all of these. Yeah, uh, you get to, you're going to get to watch Jake resign a lot of games. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> but I didn't resign a bunch on this kingdom. You resigned. Uh... Oh, you only talked about resigning. No, you didn't no, actually, resign I joked about resigning. Yeah. I. I, like, we went, like, mostly 50-50 on this kingdom, right? I don't think you resigned any games this time. No, I think no, I... I think about it. You yeah, just I think, talked about resigning a Yeah, lot. I... Because, I, I, you know, time to resign is a meme I have, but... Um, Apparently, that's, yeah. a, that's a meme now. Yeah, so... Making luck. A resigning podcast. Yeah. I, so, this kingdom definitely does have a really fair degree of execution. Uh, provinces didn't pile once. Did any of us... I think I got a province one time. It happens. And it was like, it was orchards. just to keep you from piling with a lead. Yeah. That was the only reason I got it. Orchard is, uh, it's a lot of points. And Menagerie's pile, Ghost Town's pile. That's happening. So, the third... <laughs> that's happening. It is. I mean, that's just going to happen. The third pile is what you play around, and so usually the Orchard points comprise most of your points, mostly because your deck has a really low tolerance for stop cards, at least several of the same stop cards, so you really don't want to have multiple provinces or duchies or whatever in the deck, so where else are your points going to come from? By Other than, like, getting three copies of the same card. Yeah. Yep. Especially because that card needs to be something that can get out of your hand during your action well, phase. we hope. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, the uh, this, this game pretty much always ended on a three-pile. Menagerie, Ghost Town, plus X. So X was either Workshop or Ironworks, usually, I think. Uh, it varied a lot for me. Uh, it kind of depended on what Swindler hit a lot of. Sure. Because, like, sometimes the Swindler hit a few Overlords, and that was it. Oh, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it hit a few yeah. Develops or Swindlers, and that was it. It's... Yeah, the thing about the Overlords, too, was that if they got low, your opponent can end the game with death, so they just need to... Uh, get a number of buys equal to the number of overlords. It, Ain't that a kick in the teeth? Pay off the debt mid 
mid-overhead before the last one. You it's wouldn't weird. do this unless there was, like, two or one Overlords left. Yeah, and by the way, a lot of the time there's a little bit of a litmus test on these kingdoms for these kooky decks that we're talking about. Like, would this actually beat money? Like, because that's the test that you need to always measure your deck against is if this can't beat money, vanilla money, money's always available. So we did try just somebody build the deck that we're talking about and the other person play big money. And the big money player did get crushed. So yeah, imagine that. this is a lot worse than money, what we're talking about. Even though it Sweet. is, even though I would say this board's pretty weak, all in all. I don't think it's weak at all. I think it's beautiful. I think it's unimpressive. What is your problem, man? You're just not impressed by anything. Like, no, man. On a scale from 0 to 10, like, I, what what even is a 10 for a Dominion card for you? You're like, donate. Oh, I don't know. There's donate in King's Court, and that's about it. That's exactly what he sounds like. I do a great impression of Jake. Yeah, man. And I'm like, what about all these other cards? You're like, no, just donate in King's Court. Is that actually what I sound like? Yeah. I don't actually listen back to the audio, man. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You sound just like that. Nice. Hi, my name's Jake. I like, I like rats. Wow. Yep. I don't even think I said that. But anyway, so that was. Hey, Toby. That was that kingdom, and then this. Let's do a raffle. And then this episode <laughs> is going to be about knights. Yeah, because um, it's so, Jake's birthday, and we were like, yeah. Jake, what's what card do you want to talk about? And he's like, and then he like said like six of them. <laughs> it's like okay, Jake. I think we can only do one, and he was like, okay, Knights. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, Knights is a car, is an attack from the Dark Ages expansion, which I really like. It's my favorite attack in the game, actually. Yeah. I and You hate attacks, too. I don't love attacks in general, <laughs> just because I'm not huge on player interaction. I'm kind of just like, let me build my, leave me alone, I'm building my deck. Yeah. Um, but Jake, Jake likes to build things up, not tear them down. Yeah. I like to tear things down. Yeah, and Knights is really good at that. But uh, the, uh, So Knights is, in my opinion, the most dynamic and interactive attack in the game. And a lot of people dislike Knights quite a bit. And don't get me wrong, I'm not here to tell you that your preferences on Knights, and whether or not they're in the kingdom, are valid or invalid. But I do hear a lot of people cite reasons for disliking Knights that I... 100% disagree with. Yeah. So hopefully, we're a bunch of idiots. Right. Uh, so we're going to hopefully uh, maybe debunk a little bit about what knights do and don't do to the kingdom uh, while we're here. Sure. So the knights pile is interesting because each knight is different. Every it, It's 10 unique cards, but they all share the same text in terms of the attack that they provide. Uh, so bottom text is always the same. It's this attack, and then the top text is variable based on which knight. So that attack text is that each other player reveals the top two cards of their deck and trashes one, costing from three to six, discarding the rest. If a knight is trashed by this, trash this. So in other words, you play your knight, your opponent mills the top two and trashes one in that price range, and if they choose to trash a knight that way that they bought, your knight dies in the process. It's so thematic. I know. It's like a joust. Yeah. And all of these cost five, except Take for... the cards and you run the physical cards into each other. Yeah. yeah. One of them gets ripped up. Yeah. 
So both of them get ripped yeah, off. Yeah, both of them. So all of these cost five, except for Sir Martin. He costs four because he has low self-esteem. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, they all do different things that we can get into. Uh, but, I mean, we could get into, but like, I don't think it matters all that much. All the different things they do—they have just like random little bonuses, and I don't really care. Yeah, that's people's main complaint about the Knights Pile. I think is that they're too variant in terms of the benefits they give each player. But there are a couple of problems with that. One is that that's not the most important thing the Knights are doing. The attack is why you're buying this card. And two, it the the Knights die. They, they just, they die. They're not going to be around for very long, so yeah. any given knight being better than any other given knight on a board, it does not matter. It's going to die. Yeah, so I actually, I gotta tell you something, Jake. I yeah. hate Black Market. <laughs> and, and I hate it because there's cards that one player has access to that no one else has, card that has, has access to those cards, and I hate that. I just don't like it. Sue me. Whatever. And yeah. so I looked at Knights, and I was like, this is terrible! Ten cards that only one person has access to. And I played with it for a while. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make much of a difference. Except for Dame Anna! Yeah. Screw you, Dame Anna! So it's interesting. Specifically Dame Anna, when there's no trashing, and you can get her early. Those, those are the times when Dame Anna matters. And, yeah. those, and that's the only Knight that matters, really. She's the one that uh, can trash up the two cards from hand in addition to the other garbage when you play her. And so, like, a lot of the other knights, they'll give you some benefit and whatever. It's just something that happens for that turn, and that's a thing. Yeah. Dame Anna's benefit can have a lasting effect in some circumstances. And I've played some games that were decided by that, and I tell you, it got my blood boiling, and I hated it. And for the longest time, knights was on my hate list. Right, but the thing is that those circumstances are actually kind of rare. The... Reason that Dame Anna sometimes decides games is a like she's Dame, the only Dame Anna, 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 whatever. Anna like Anna from Frozen. Yeah, like so, Elsa's sister, just like that. So the only okay. reason that Dame Anna slash Anna would decide games is a she's the only trashing. If there's other trashing, guess what? She's not actually that great of a trasher. Uh, and two, you have to be able to get her early enough to matter. And you have to be able to play her, like, once or twice. But then if, if those things are all true, that's a lasting impact on the game. Like, if Dame Sylvia or Dame or Sir Martin are really good that game, and I play those, eventually they die, and I don't have a permanent benefit from that. Yeah, it's just, I've never seen it happen that way. Yeah. Uh, actually, so what I do about this is, uh, when I'm playing with physical cards... I have a little house rule that I like to do where I just force Dame Anna to the bottom of the pile and let everyone sure. know about it because yeah. that's fair and then just shuffle the rest of the knights. And I gotta tell you, I haven't had that problem since then. And, yeah, and actually, uh, there, if I were to ever include knights in a tournament in, one of, in, in a kingdom in one of my tournaments, I would do it that way. And there's a tournament in uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan that is uh, in just under two weeks that I'm going to. And the TO does that based on my suggestion, because it's yeah. super great. So uh, that's just something that helps me get over the salt I have for Dame Anna. Yeah. Screw you, lady. And I'm going to say that that Adam's solution is totally valid for A, a competitive tournament setting, and B, yeah. this is assuming, too, that the Knights are the only trashing on the board. If there is other trashing on the board, I don't even think you need to do that. Dame Anna is not that great of a trasher. Yeah. Like, she's she's cost five, 
and she's a terminal card that all she does is trash and do the attack on your opponent. Like, it's not that great of a card in general. Yeah, anything that costs five and is terminal is just really bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, mount the bank? Yeah. <laughs> a terrible card. So, I think we've gone over a little bit of what the knights don't do, right? The impact mm. that they don't have on the game. What is the actual... A reason that knights are a powerful card because they are knights are a very powerful card and they can be a centralizing force when they're in the kingdom. So uh, this is a term that I don't remember who came up with it, but you coined it yeah. when you wrote about this in an article. It's the nightmare, but but nightmare is spelled with a K at the beginning. Yeah, Night, it's like really nightmare. cool. Yeah, it's, I'm super clever. Uh, but yeah, I think RTT came up with that and I just shoved it into the article. Okay, but well, if I remember, it doesn't it's matter. It's pretty great. Yeah, so I was calling it the Doomsday. Anyway, uh, so the idea is that you end up in this situation where so many knights have been played on you and in such frequency that you have trashed everything in your deck that costs between three and six, and every time you put something new into your deck at that price point, on your opponent's turn, it's going to get trashed and because they're playing so many knights. And the thing that that makes you realize is that everything that actually does anything good for your turn costs between three and six. Oh, man, life is rough. Silver is so good. Yeah. And the so knights just... Ugh. Getting into this sort of uh, specific kind of pin from knights where your deck is getting torn down faster than you can build it up is what I've called the nightmare. It's just this game state that you can be put into where you're effectively out. It's effective player elimination in Dominion. Yeah, you should probably just resign at that point. Actually, yes. Like, at that, <laughs> if you get to that point, you should resign because the game is basically over. You can't score points or anything. There was a game where I got four provinces really quick. Or I think I got five provinces against Adam really quickly. But oh, I this was a three-player game. I yeah, think. but I didn't, like, respect what knights did. And then my whole deck was trashed, and eventually it was just five provinces. And Adam was down because I had five provinces, but... I couldn't do anything else, so he got duchies and won. It doesn't uh, really necessarily have to come to that, though. The thing is that that game state doesn't actually happen very often, the nightmare. The thing you need to understand, though, when knights are on the board, is that it can happen. And that's why you need to play around knights. Yeah, so I, I think, um, how, how does it actually get to happen? It actually gets to happen when one player is playing several knights per turn consistently. Yeah. So I would say two or more knights per turn consistently, meaning every turn two yeah. or more knights is getting played. Right, because, I mean, obviously you've got your one buy a turn, so, like, this is implying that they are tearing your deck down as fast or faster than you can build it up. And, like, that's kind of a line that you can draw. Whatever. It, it, maybe sure. it requires more. Maybe it's just an average. Or, well, I don't know. I don't really give a crap. This number that's is arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. The, the point is, and also that pin that we're describing, that perfect situation where you're totally desolate, that doesn't happen very often. The thing is that it doesn't happen very often because it's reasonably easy to avoid if you're just careful about it and you respect the knights and you play around them. Yeah, I, I find that the nightmare situation tends to happen when the knight's pile is empty. Because if the knight's pile is not empty, then the, you just buy a knight, and then that knight kills one of their knights, and then they can't consistently play the knight because it's dead. Right, exactly. So, so usually the knight's empty. But that's the thing, is that you need to know to do that. Like, if you see at sort of 
higher level games when people are playing around knights and they're important you'll see that it's kind of just a foregone conclusion that they're buying knights and going back and forth and doing it and it may not look like the knights are even doing a whole lot and then all of a sudden the knights are gone and they just go about their day as normal as if the knights weren't there in the first place the reason they had to do that was if because if one player didn't start going for those knights and the other player did they could put them into this nightmare scenario so you need to respect that that could happen even if it never does uh yeah and uh normally it's enough like if i lose the split four to six and all the knights die that die and then my opponent has two knights and if they can play those two knights every single turn on me i'm in trouble yeah i gotta do something you certainly can be losing the knight split four to six itself isn't bad but if they end up with two knights in their deck that they can keep playing after all your knights are gone, that can be a real problem if they can keep doing that consistently. Yeah, like you're going to need to buy a lot of duchies. Yeah, and which can get <laughs> trashed by the knights. Eh, uh, yeah. So I think in practice what you really need, like uh, mm-hmm. you're going to need some thinning yeah. other than day mana because uh, right. it's hard to find two specific cards in your deck and play them every turn if you haven't thinned. Yeah, And also, uh, you're going to want a village, because uh, Dame, uh, Dame Molly, the one that gives you plus two actions... Yeah. Uh, She'll die. She gonna die. Yeah. Now... <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're assuming that it's possible to play multiple knights a turn. Now, if you're, in the, if you're on this board where you're looking for your one true terminal, and uh, you're just playing uh, a knight every turn... That's annoying to be hit by knights every turn, a knight every turn, but it's not really something that you need to play around in the way that we're describing here. Because getting hit by a knight every turn just isn't as disruptive, and it isn't as uh, potentially game-centralizing as being able to get your deck gutted by multiple knights. It feels bad, man. So, like, yeah, like what, what, can you, what can you do? Well, in the process of the Knight's War this phase of the game where both players are gaining and playing knights to trash stuff out of each other's deck uh, before the knights are all gone. Keeping your deck able to hit five is a priority. You need to make sure you track your econ and thinness to the point that you haven't lost the ability to hit five because if you if you're and you and your opponent are playing knights on each other back and forth and you do mess up and stop from being able to get a knight on your turn and your opponent doesn't miss that step and keeps playing knights on you, you're going to lose tempo, and that situation Adam described where you lost the knight split 6-4, or God forbid 7-3, and your opponent has two knights left and yours are all gone, that becomes a reality for you if you at some point lose the ability to hit 5. Sounds like a real nightmare, man. Yeah, it's a nightmare. So you want to you wanna hit 5 because you want to buy a lot of knights. Yeah. Um, you want to not lose the split, obviously, but I want to point out that buying the knights is actually much more important than playing the knights. That's true. Because if I'm just defending, uh, all that has to happen is a knight gets revealed, and then it kills one of their knights. That's I don't true. Know, I don't even have to draw that knight. Yeah. The, I I don't a lot of the time, remember, that that is just keeping that nightmare scenario from happening. You just need to, quote-unquote, keep your opponent honest, really. And yeah. it's it's not really necessarily about playing so many knights that you force it on them unless they fall behind themselves to the point that you could. But yeah. it's mostly just about keeping the knights in your deck to keep their knights in check. 
And and I want to just want to make a distinction, and, and this is something that Jake said, and I'm going to draw a little bit of attention to it. Um, normally, when I buy a card and put the card in my deck and draw the card, uh, I'd like to be able to play that card. Yeah, that's the idea most of the time. Yeah, and if I can't play that card, that sucks. Yeah, that's fucking terrible. It's pretty bad. It's just the pits, man. So, like, if I buy four knights right away, and my deck is bad because I have four knights in it and I can't play all of them, then I've lost that tempo. And yes, I have excess knights that can kill my opponent's knights. That's assuming the opponent's going for those knights, too, yeah? True. But, like, I could have done better here. Yeah. I could have built a deck that could play the knights before I put the knights in my deck. And, sure. And so that cor- that sort of, like, it's not building redundancy into your deck. Like, can be good against knights. It's not spamming knights because I'm building redundancy, although that's yeah. a thing you can do. But that's not what's happening here. You're kind of going, that would be going the wrong direction with it. If I want to build redundancy into my deck because of knights, because it's a trashing attack, um, I'm just getting extra cards, uh, extra copies of cards I can play. And still yeah. managing to be able to play all the cards in my deck at any given point in time. While hitting five. Uh, yeah, uh, hitting five gets a lot easier when you can play the cards in your deck. This is true. So, uh, yeah, yeah totally. this is this is like really insightful commentary yeah. <laughs> here. If well, you play cards, you can hit five. Yeah, no, this is... That's like silver. High level uh, Dominion play right silver here. and you hit five. Dominion. Yeah. No, I mean this is yes, a really good point. Jake. A lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the advice you can give about knights does, it's kind of sound like common sense. Except that knights is an attack that really requires you to be aware of what your opponent is doing and what you're doing and, and where your different positions are in this knight's battle. Because, like you said, the priority. If you are sort of on the the defensive, on the back foot, you have fewer knights than your opponent, is just to have some in your deck so that your opponent can't just play knights on you all day and and outnumber you. But if you're on the other end of that, if you're in that uh, situation Adam just described where you have more knights than your opponent, then your priority becomes to build your deck in a way that can play all the knights you have and try to force your opponent into this situation where either they get to close to a nightmare or they can't hit five, and you can uh, really keep the pressure on from there. Uh, and that, so like the behavior ends up being the same, right? You end up like gaining and playing knights as much as you can, but it does yeah. sometimes inform uh, your deck building a little bit. Like if you reveal a knight to your opponent's knight, choosing whether or not to trash it. If you could trash something else instead, like you know, these situations are worth thinking about. Yeah, I uh, I mean, a lot of times it's easy to just say you spam the knights till they're gone, but knowing why you're doing it can uh, be helpful because yeah. reasons. Well, and because sometimes you do it differently, too. Like That's a reason. If you've got the royal just carriage saying. in the kingdom, you know, sometimes picking up an extra royal carriage instead of an extra knight can help you if you're already on the offensive and playing those knights. Yeah, when playing knights is more important, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a good point. Royal carriage, it's a card. Yeah. Dominion. Uh, so what else can you do about this? Uh, so I mentioned duchies earlier. Um, don't do that. You probably don't want to buy duchies. I, I mean, that's not to say you never buy duchies in a knights game, because like eventually the knights are going to run, and maybe some other pile is lower running, and so at that point, yeah, sure, get the duchies and just kind of hope that it, you know your duchy doesn't get killed, and that's yeah. that's great. But 
I would say that's usually a little better when you've lost the night split because when you've lost the night split, your opponent has this inevitability of like, I am going to destroy everything you have if you give me enough time to do it. So you are incentivized to maybe try to end the game. game. Yeah. So Dutchies can be great for that, but otherwise, like, if if I'm getting nightmared and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need some points, better get a Dutchie. That's not gonna work. Don't do that because your Dutchie is gonna end up in the trash. This is true, and in other words, uh, to avoid that situation in the first place, I think there needs to be the wisdom in your mind to keep playing around knights until one of two things happens. One, the knights are gone. Uh, that's that's a pretty good incentive to stop buying knights. You can't. Uh, two, wow, he's really good at this game. Yeah, I know. The game is close to, even if the knights aren't gone, if the game is close to its final shuffle, and you're to the point where uh, maybe you can... You, you haven't won the Knight's War, but you have gotten far enough that your deck can sputter across the finish line with what it has. Yeah. Hold on to Dame Josephine like she's uh, <laughs> two victory points. Yeah. Oh, that's just so bad. Yeah, totally. What are some other things you can do about Nightmare? Well, there are... And this is not just about avoiding the Nightmare, but also just playing around Knights in general. There right. are things that make your deck Knights proof. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, we're, we're looking at payload that's knights proof because uh, deck control that's knights proof is great, but you again you need to be able to keep hitting five to actually have a threat in your deck to the knights. Uh, so the biggest knight proof payload, the the one that's most easy to play around, is fool's gold. I'd say. Really? Yeah. It's... I would say the easiest one's platinum. So I I, uh, I see where you're coming from because platinum has more payload to it, but fool's gold's are so easy to get, and you can get them while you're being knighted, whereas you're, you have to build your deck a little bit to be able to get the Platinum in the first place, so your opponent can't trash the Platinum once you have it, but they might trash the things that keep you from getting the Platinum. They're, they're, they're both great. Yeah, okay. so Fool's Gold and Platinum and Bank and things like that. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah. And just keep in mind if you're using Bank, uh, Bank really likes draw, so draw that doesn't cost between 3 and 6 is super great. So, yeah. Alchemist. Yay. And, and, and that's kind of it. Yeah, that's about it, I'd say. Ripper Rooney. Yeah, City Quarter. Um, but... <laughs> um, no! No! City Quarter Bank is not a thing. Don't even... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Get out of here! I, I, thought, I forgot we were still on Bank. I, I thought we were just talking about draw that can't be killed by knights. Good for you, man. I didn't say scrying pool for a reason, bro. Okay. I'm not going to play the Scrying Pool Bank deck against your Nightmare Bull crap. Yeah. Maybe that's the next kingdom. But, <laughs> yeah, so there are some other defenses against knights that are a little softer. Mode! <laughs> yeah, not... Um, what? Well, no, works, mo- mode is, mode is. But yeah. uh, there are some ones that are a little more soft. Lighthouse, like, Guardian... Well, no, those those ones are hard defenses. Uh, I but I'm talking about <laughs> Fortress and Market Square. And those two defend in different ways, Whoa. I'd say. Whoa. What? Well, Toby's right there. He can hear you. <laughs> Rats is not a defense tonight. So. What are you talking about? It's great. Okay, you're building a bad deck, though, is the problem. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about Rats and Knights uh, are not really... I mean, if rats weren't already good, knights doesn't make them good. Okay, disagree. Look, uh, rats is just about as good as fortress. So, which is 
Not great. Right. That's the point, is that these are mediocre, right? Because these are things that are usually a good idea to put into your deck during a knight's game, because they can defend against the knights. When your opponent trashes them, you get a benefit out of it. But it's not necessarily a reason to go not go for knights, or uh, yeah. a reason, or a full stop to the attack that you're going to be hit with. Because you can't guarantee that your opponent is going to be hitting your fortresses and your rats, uh, whereas... Uh, they can keep doing that and building their decks. So. Luckily for you, though, Rats is really good at adding a lot of copies of the card <laughs> into your deck to yes. increase the chances that the Knights hit the Rats. I do want to stress again eh? that in a Knights game, you usually eh? want to make sure you can keep hitting eh? five. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And when my opponent trashes a Rat and draws me a card, Bagoosh! You are wondering how you're going to hit five. I have so many cards! Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Toby, so, Toby is ready to go. You, yeah, you put like a little helmet on him and give him a lance. Yeah, and just like have him ride another rat like a horse, and then just like instead of chasing charge, he makes his cute little squeaking noise like. And, then, and if you ignore theme, you're just gonna lose. That's right. So the other things that are like soft defenses to the knight's attack are, are gainers. Uh, and I mentioned a Market oh, Square man. earlier, because... That's like... Ugh. Market Square is a pretty decent defense to the Knights, because you trash a card, and then you gain a card back. Don't get me wrong, I'm not calling this a counter, I'm calling this just a defense, because... It's like even worse than rats. It's a way It's a way that helps your deck kind of stay viable in the face of the Knights' attack, is if you're gaining cards back, so that they can't break your deck down faster than you're building it up. I mean, yeah, gainers are okay, but, like, it's, like... Eh. It's not... I mean, it's mediocre, it's, because it's you still want to be... This is implying that the gainers are helping you build a deck that's better than the deck that it's playing the knights on you. All right? It's a soft defense. It's not countering the knights. Usually you want to do both, right? Because if the... Basically, what it boils down to is the gainers are also good in the knight's game, because it's helping you defend against the knights, and you're still going for the knights yourself. Yeah, Dame Natalie gains cards, costing up to three. Woo! It's Gainer! Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, then she dies. Rip. She, she does, and then you keep playing the knight's war. Yep. Rip a Rooney. But you got to gain some cards, and you're happy about you that. You got to gain a card. <laughs> because she died immediately. Hope you like that card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so... The other thing that you want to look out for, uh, things that uh, make the knights particularly good, I'd say, yeah. are any doublers. Like any throne room variant, uh, like a royal carriage or a throne room or king's court, stuff like that. Because those help you play the knight's attack multiple times out of a single copy. And normally... To play multiple knights in a turn, you need to have a village because they're mostly terminal, and you need to be able to draw the knights, and you need to play both the knights in the same hand. Whereas with a doubler like Throne Room or King's Court, a single knight lined up with that one card is enough support to attack your opponent consistently with the knights. So it just accelerates the knight war in a way that makes you really need to play around them all the more aggressively. Uh, I mean... The whole point was to be playing many knights consistently. Yeah. And uh, Throne Room helps you do that. It's really good at that. Yeah. So, yeah. The 
Other thing, and this one I really can't stress enough that you need to be on the lookout for if knights are in the kingdom, is any way to gain or play them from the trash. Mm. And in particular, the most prominent one, in my opinion, is Necromancer. Because uh, Necromancer in a knights game really kind of changes the way, the pacing, and the, the way the whole game goes down. It never ends. Yeah, the knights war is never over until all the necromancers and all the knights are gone. I mean, Rogue and Grave Robber and Lurker, they all kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Where, where the knights just, uh, they kill each other and they come back from the dead and they kill each other again. And, right. Yeah. And it's funny because Necromancer functions as a second knight's pile. There are kind of 20 knights in the Necromancer game because the Necromancers can get trashed by knights too, but then they can play knights and they're safe while they're playing knights because the Necromancer can't get trashed, so... Uh, it it's also weird. Yeah, it can't get trashed when it's being played as a knight, right? Yeah. Uh, I also think it has the strongest thematic connection, followed by Grave yeah. Robber. That's true. Yeah. The Necromancer is also really the strongest knights, enable, knights enabler slash prolonger because the remember how we said that the effects, the individual effects of the knights aren't really that important because the knights die. That becomes a lot less true in a Necromancer game because you can play the village knight and then the terminal draw knight consistently if they're in the trash, because you can just play necromancers as them, so uh, you can get the best knight effect every time. I'm thinking Sir Cantrip. Sir Cantrip, yeah. Yeah. It's a good knight. Yeah. So... Good knight moon. You know, while we're on the topic, the individual knights, they they all do different things, yeah? And... Mm-hmm. Um... I think we've addressed this by now already, but I don't think that that really matters nope. at all, but... Not really. I mean, they're all going to eventually die, right? Just yeah. Like, just like the two of us. Just right. like everyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. So, so, like, what's the point of doing anything, really? Hashtag yeah. namaste. But anyway, I guess they are different. They do some different stuff. So, like, the that gets people talking a lot. People talk about which knights you want to go for or prioritize, and... I really just don't think that matters at all, but... Yeah, I'm never going to buy or not buy a knight because, oh, I that's the knight I want. It's on the top of the pile. Now is the time to go for it. Yeah. I think the only time that ever happens is if I have $4 and Sir Martin is on top. Now, Woo! Okay, I will say occasionally if Sir Martin is the only plus buy, that, that is the case. No. That's yeah. never ever happened. I've had because it happen. during the night slugfest, yeah, you're He's... never gonna have enough economy to, to make use of a card that just gives you two buys, and then this he dies. That's true. I mean, the fact that you can get those extra gains, and he was the only way to do it, um, means that playing him a single turn uh, could could set you forward a little bit. But yeah, I see but what that you're saying. Never happens. That's right. just not a thing that happens. It's super rare. It's like winning a chariot race. It, it just, just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah, so... It's never happened before. I mean, we can Ever. S- we can say these things that are kind of mostly true, like Dame Anna is the best knight, and Dame Josephine is the worst knight. Dame- oh, by the way, the Dame Josephine is the worst knight because, uh, you know how we said these benefits don't matter, really? Uh, especially Dame Josephine's, because hers has to matter at the end of the game. Guess where she's not going to be at the end of the game? Your deck. She'll be dead. <laughs> but the, um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, wow, Dame, Joseph- Dame Josephine is pretty bad, I yeah, can say. Dame Anna is the best one because she's Elsa's sister, and Elsa is by far the best Disney princess out there. And the whole uh, 
Okay, spoiler alert for Frozen coming up here. If you don't want to be spoiled, please don't listen to this. But Sir the whole like, pretty sisterly good too. love the thing. discard attack from Sir Martin, it can be pretty important. Especially uh, for coming back to that necromancer situation. Yeah, Sir Michael. You said Martin. Ah, uh, yeah. My bad. M's. And also the bad guy from Frozen. Like, what a dick. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, the, the non-terminal ones, I think, are pretty nice. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I mean, the cantrip one's super great. Uh, being able to play lots of knights is uh, great. Yeah, the, the ones that are non-terminal, uh, Sir Destry and Sir... Wait, no, I'm sorry. Sir Destry is the one who's you the want, cantrip, right? You want Dame Molly and Dame, Sir Bailey. Sir Bailey and Dame Molly. Yeah, those, those are, are really terminal knights. In the middle of a knight's war, those can be really good because they by themselves can help you play multiple knights a turn. They don't yeah. single-handedly turn the game into a knight's war, because, again, they die. It, it already but, was. Well, right, as long as there was some other way to do it. But, yeah, they're really good because without any support, they can play multiple knights a turn. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't have anything more to say about knights. Not really uh, me either. Uh, I like them a lot, other than that. Uh, I think they're the most dynamic and interactive attack in the game. In, interactive in a good way. I find them to be interactive in a way that's engaging and cerebral, as opposed to a lot of other attacks. I'm just amused that you use the word cerebral to describe yeah. it, because like I'm just picturing these knights beating the crap out of each other with yeah. sticks. This is, a, this is a battle of wits. Also <laughs> swords. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they're hitting each other in the head, so there's the cerebral tie-in. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's totally. probably it. Uh, so we're going to have a kingdom that we're going to play I love kingdoms. over this uh, next week that is going to have knights in it. No way. What yeah. a coincidence. Right. And we're going to talk about what we think is good there. It's, uh, it's, it's over the next two weeks, by the way, because next episode is a mini-sode. Yeah, who knows. And so... <laughs> uh, I know, and now you all know. Anyway, So the cards in this kingdom are Poorhouse, Chapel... Crossroads, Monastery, Guide, Wishing Well, Bureaucrat, Grave Robber, Highway, and of course, Knights. What's more for our audio-only listeners? We have Poorhouse, Chapel, Crossroads, Monastery, Guide, Wishing Well, Bureaucrat, Grave Robber, Highway, and knights. Yeah. Huh. There's knights. There's and, knights. And there's grave robber. There's grave robber and there's a li- And village. there's also highway. <laughs> yeah. So even if you get a province lead, yeah. it's not safe. <laughs> yeah, the knights can trash provinces. That's just funny. You play um, five highways and the only thing that knights can trash is provinces. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So this is interesting. I mean... Usually you like just default go for chapel, and I think you do here too. But knights does challenge the assumption that you want to get thin really quickly, and or really really thin at least, uh, because getting thin is kind of dangerous in a knights game. Yeah, you don't want to get totally boned. So I think you're going to want to pick up a bureaucrat. Yeah, okay, I'm just kidding. I no, mean, the bureaucrat also makes them top deck their Jane Josephine. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the you, uh, you probably want to like use grave robber for gaining, right? It's, much better than bureaucrat. Well, yes. Um, but, so, 
this is interesting. How do you get there? Because, like, I assume that the game is going to not necessarily be decided, but tempo is going to be established way before we're to the point where you're thinking about getting a grave robber. Really? I do. Yeah, I don't think that you're going to get a grave robber until a little later in the game. I mean, like, you're going to get... Your first five is probably a knight. Uh, well, okay. It depends okay. which knight is out. I'm not going to get a grave robber until there's some juicy stuff in the trash. That's true. Yeah, so, like, what do you do to build up your deck to really take advantage of this? I think you open with a chapel. I, I think that this doesn't... I think opening with a chapel is almost always something you do, and I don't think this game is any different. That's uh, true. Uh, chapel's a really good card, so you probably want to open with it. Well, what's its companion? Uh, a silver? A well, if I have a 5-2, I'm going to be very happy and probably get a highway. Or the knight. Probably not the knight. It depends. If the knight on top is good for your deck. Yeah. Sure, I'm just trying to imagine what that knight is. Because so, like, the attack isn't going to be all that relevant. The thing is, an early knight can be relevant. Uh, getting the attack of the knight really early in the game is either devastating or a non-issue. Like, if you it, hit their opening It's a non-issue server. so much of the time Sure, I'm not going to invest in that. If it's Dame Sylvia, I probably am. Like, Dame Sylvia is enough of a generic bonus that I can take advantage of it, and I if would, the attack hits you, great. I would only consider Sir Cantrip. Okay, that's the only knight I would consider opening with, if it was on the top of the pile. Man, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of these generic benefits are worth going for. Like, Dame Natalie, uh, to gain the silvers that I was going to be buying anyway. I'm not sure you want silvers. I'm I th- pretty sure I think you, you want four house. I think you need the silvers in your deck to get to the point where you're, we're talking about these other things. I think four house is way, way better. Uh man, your terminal space is so limited here. Okay, like, I only need to play two poor houses. Like, I'm going to chapel everything. I'm going to get at crossroads, which I want, and then I'm going to get a poor house. Yeah, the interesting thing is poor house is payload that is immune to the knight's trashing. So. Look at all these cards that cost two or less. <laughs> They're knight-proof. I'm going to build yeah. the Crossroads Poorhouse deck, and I'm going to get Provinces. And then my Provinces are going to die, and then they're going to get Grave Robbed. Nice. I'm going to buy the Province, and it'll end up in your deck. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. That's actually funny, because like if, if, the, uh, if the highway weren't here, I would say maybe you could even ignore knights and go for this deck that you're talking about. Yeah, the Chapel Poorhouse deck, yeah. The Chapel Poorhouse deck, because it's fast. It's actually really good. It's, it's fast. It's actually a really good deck. Like, it's, it, you get you get that up and running really quickly and start getting a province every turn. Yeah. But the funny part is that the highways can turn the provinces into nothing. So, yeah. Man, that's just really unfortunate. So, you know, you're going to have to decide when the right time to put a crossroads in your deck is, too. I think it's pretty early. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have these really crappy hands with not that much money, and uh, you're going to want to put a crossroads in there so you can get two poor houses online. I think that uh, the fact that there's no draw is a real limiting factor here. Sure. It is. So getting thin and having most of your payload be highways is probably a pretty important thing. I don't know. There's wishing well. It's not great, but it is some draw. I mean, there is draw. Crossroads and Wishing Well uh, can increase your hand size. But, wishing like, Well is even more unreliable because of knights. Wishing Well's rough, but if I'm going to be playing the hardcore Crossroads Chapel Poorhouse deck, Wishing Well actually can get pretty good. I don't think you're playing that deck, though, actually. I'm not, but uh, 
Wishing Well helps that deck. Sure, but I, I don't think that you're playing that deck because of the Knights thing. So how important is the highway split is my... You know what? I'm going to... I'm just going to say this right now. I'm going to say that the Chapel Poorhouse Crossroads deck with Wishing Well support uh, and, and maybe a guide thrown in, I'm going to say that that deck will win a non-trivial portion of games against the Nightmare deck. Depends what you mean by non-trivial. Like, if you mean it wins sometime at, like, one in four or whatever, I'm calling that trivial. Like, because it's not the best call. But I'm saying, like, uh, one in three. Um, I think the Knights player has to get pretty unlucky for that to be the case. I don't know. You know, the more I think about it, though, like... The knights player is, I mean, they're they're gonna quickly stop playing knights, right? Because it's gonna be pointless. The only thing the knights can hit is that, a wishing well. That's and not like, true. Whatever, I don't care. They're gonna put highways in the deck, and then it's not gonna be pointless anymore. Right, right, right. So they're gonna transition. They're gonna yeah. transition to buy X number of highways to to put those heat seeking missiles uh, into their deck to hit your provinces. Right? They're gonna nuke your provinces. Right? Yeah. That's, they're gonna change their plan because they're smart. Sure. I mean, I think they're, that was the plan anyway, though. Like I think if you're well, even I mean, if, if they both go for knights, different... you have to let the knights yeah, kill each other for a while sure. and do that thing. But you know, if I'm if I'm <clears> playing this courthouse deck, my my opponent's going to be smart. They're going to get some highways. They're going to laser focus down my provinces. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have a number of these non-province cards <clears throat> in my in my deck. Okay. And and that concentration is going to stay roughly the same, assuming that. Uh, you know, the, it gets likely enough and the knights kill a province, okay? Yeah. They're, the the knights player is not consistently going to be able to hit a province, like, every single turn. I don't know about it's, that. It's hard to, to draw all those cards together, and they won't always get it to happen. Maybe not, but you've got the highways to do it as often. Sure, go ahead. It, you have the highways to enable it. But if I'm going to buy a province every turn, and I'm going to stay viable because I'm not going to have too many provinces in my deck and I super fast get off the ground, then the fact that these provinces are going to get trashed, uh, I mean, provinces are leaving the supply, and I think that deck can win games. Man, I don't know, because, like... I still think you go for the Knights. That I deck, think that's probably that better. That deck doesn't have any flexibility, what you're talking about, too. It doesn't need it. It buys provinces. I don't know, man, because, like, you get to that point, and then I can stall by buying duchies or whatever in the meantime i'm grave robbing your provinces i yeah you definitely don't want to buy duchies you nuke my provinces and you gain them from the trash with grave robber sure but like, like if, I, if i absolutely need to because i'm worried that you're going to empty the last province from the supplier may yeah the duchies are probably bad but i yeah i do, i don't know i don't like that deck that you're talking about and i don't think it's gonna win don't count it out man i'm counting it out Let us know what you think. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, you got two weeks this time because next episode is going to be a mini sode. Yeah. So you got two weeks to get a hold of us. Let let us know what you think uh, is good here. Do you think the poorhouse deck can compete, or do you think it's just nightmare, doomsday, grave robber, all all of that uh, hot garbage? Yeah. Uh, do you think that's the way to go? Uh, you can shout at us on the forums or our Discord server. Uh, or you can leave a comment in the uh, YouTube video if you're a video listener. And let us know why you think Dame Josephine is the best knight. Uh, yeah, that's that's the most important thing. 
Uh, I think that... Uh, oh, you can get to all of that stuff from adamhorton.com. There are links to everything that I just said there. Uh, we would really like to hear from you, uh, yeah. particularly about this kingdom. It would be super great. Totally. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, everyone, uh, if you're going to leave a comment, uh, just remember that today, the day we we're recording this, is Jake's birthday. <laughs> and so uh, you should, uh, if you are so inclined, uh, let, him, let him know how you feel about that fact. And the fact that I am one closer, uh, one year closer to the day when I will eventually leave the mortal coil. Yeah. I mean, all of us are going to die, and yeah. uh, that's great. And today, I mean, you're closer to that, but you too may- are hey, day- maybe Maybe are- we'll die today. Yeah. It could happen. I yeah. tend to get on Discord while I'm driving home, so... Yeah. You know, maybe you'll be able to talk to me as I'm dying. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. It's very it's very thematically appropriate for this episode. Yeah. So we had the beginning of this uh, we had the beginning of this episode where we talked about the ghosty ghost deck. And your power died. Uh, yeah, the power died in the middle of the recording episode. Yeah. Halloween is this week. Uh, we have some spooky ghost decorations. Got yeah. a super adorable Halloween costume for the kid. That's true, too. Yeah. What's he going to go as? He's going to be Max from Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, cool. Yeah. Super yeah. cute. Hopefully he'll be asleep, because uh, <laughs> we we like him best when he's asleep. Yeah. He's quieter that way. I would imagine. Yeah. But but anyway, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have any requests for uh, the mini-sode that plays next week... Let us know, uh, or any any sorts of uh, any sorts of comments or questions or any kinds of requests that you want to see for this podcast. We're here for you, and we want to hear from you. He's giving a thumbs up. Can you see me in the? Maybe maybe they can if they're watching us on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back in two weeks, but kind of in one week. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Yeah, I went over with uh, my parents today, and like, just, we marveled at the fact that I'm in the middle of my life. Like, if I'm assuming that I'm gonna live to be fifty, I'm over halfway there. Congratulations. Yeah. So it's all downhill from here. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. How did you deal with it when you started getting old? What are you talking about? <laughs> Denial, mostly. Okay.